everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality, the self, the deep down basic whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. Who we are is not this physical body that we're in that is here for a moment and gone. Who we are is this infinite intelligence, and we forget that. The same intelligence that, is, that created this infinite universe that never ends is you. And those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every now moment, to redefine our reality to live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living or are you killing time? What's going on, guys? Time to get it growing again. In the semi-new studio that I've gotten set up here, so if there's some technical difficulties, I very much apologize. I'm trying to dual stream a video segment of this because the podcast is now being intermittently featured on a local television station. The uh, the Burnison Northfield uh, community television has taken the show on in its video format, so I'm trying to get more video put out. At the same time, trying to keep up the, the audio, get used to everything, so just going through some growing pains here. But Things leveling out in life, a quick update on me before we dive into all the things that have been going on and, and what we're going to talk about today. But what's been manifesting in my world, the election stuff is all over. I'm going to continue into the political stuff that I do, the small town political stuff for the next few years. Um, but I stepped down as the chair. I actually voted myself out when the opportunity rose um, the day after the election. So freeing up some space so I can take more of the direction that I want to go in some of my endeavors, particularly the podcast, because it's been the thing that has suffered the most over the course of the past few years. And it's something I'm very passionate about. It's something that I get tugged on in a million different directions. And it's obviously a direction in life that I'm kind of getting nudged into. So to make that space, I've got to free up space somewhere else. So I really want to keep continuing to serve my community. But um, ultimately, I've, I've got to move something out of the way. So um, brief developments on just that. But things are still moving and shaking and growing here. Just all sorts of stuff that's coming out and manifesting in my world. All sorts of good stuff. So um, and speaking of that, you know, in some of the earlier episodes of the podcast, we dove into some of the more spiritual and philosophical aspects of how we go about manifesting things in our lives. That buzzword manifestation always comes into the conversation when we're trying to bring about certain things into our lives. And the laws that govern our universe in our reality are supposed to be the, these sort of hard and fast ways that we're supposed to be able to manifest some of our desires into our lives. And over the course of the, the past few years, it's really fascinated me. You know, many, many people have made careers off of this stuff. They've written books, they've made movies off of this, you know, supposed law of attraction industry, if there is such a thing, believe it or not. Um, but while I've done my own homework, I, I've looked into this stuff a lot and I wanted to see whether or not there was some validity in all this because I wanted to know at one point if I was a product of my own design. If, you know, if I was uh, the person who was creating the problems in my life or if I was the root cause of it all when you traced it all back. And, 
after looking into it a lot, I found that there really is no clear answer. It appears yes and no that you know we we do nurture the tree of our lives and certain actions bear certain fruits. That's a given. But like any tree, it's not necessarily the fruits that always get bared that show up in our lives. You know, a tree can get infested with disease and pests and and all sorts of things that the tree didn't necessarily create. You know, it didn't it didn't produce those things, but somehow it attracted them and therefore has to somehow live with it or not, you know, thrive or not survive. And our lives are no different. Some of the things that we bear the fruits of and some of the things that would latch onto us like a fungus, um, they're hard to get rid of. But but some people who are into the law of attraction industry and who are guiding people uh, in life and life enhancement and, and trying to help them manifest things in their lives in certain circumstances, you know, the people that they want, the circumstances they want, the money, whatever it is, all point to certain universal or natural laws. And the seven hermetic principles have been ones that have been around for thousands of years. And for some reason, a majority of us have completely disregarded them up until recent years. But as more people discover or rediscover, actually, these things, and they become more aware of them, we see that there's some validity in them. And we once again give them some credence and look to them for maybe some guidance. And once a couple of the laws start to appear to work in our lives and we sort of relate to them, relate to them and then how they relate to our reality and we watch our reality unfold, the more we dig a little bit deeper and we make some more meaningful connections to how these things actually relate to our lives. And just like with the law of gravity, say, uh, you know, it's a, it's a law that we can't necessarily break, maybe or not. But, you know, it's one that we can sort of work with and we can either go against it and we can work with it by knowing how it works. So we can manipulate the aerodynamics of a plane and can help us get lift and take flight and sort of break the law of gravity in that sense. The same way we can learn to manipulate how these other laws work and eventually get the end results of the things that we want in our lives by working with these natural laws. And like gravity, all the other laws, they're, they're very similar in nature. And as we discover more about them, we discover more about how they work and ultimately how we can work with them. Now, I talked about the seven hermetic principles. Sometimes they're called natural laws or hermetic laws. I talked about them way, way back in episode 43. And I dove into the hermetic principles that originated way back in ancient Greece. And I, they were basically brought forward by, in my opinion, one of the greatest scholars and philosophers in history, uh, Hermes Trismegistus. And if you dive into Hermes' story, it's pretty fascinating if you dive into sort of all the different cultural avenues that his story actually kind of branches off into and how they think that he was also the god Thoth from Egypt. And he was the god of knowledge there as well. And he brought just vast amounts of knowledge to the human race. And he taught about the seven hermetic laws, which are um, number one, the principle of mentalism, that all is mind and the universe is mental. Um, number two, the principle of correspondence, as without, so within, as within, so without. Um, number three, the principle of vibration. Everything moves, everything vibrates, nothing stands still. Um, which is amazing if you think about how long ago, thousands of years ago, that one was was developed. 
And not up until recently, until we started to really discover more about the way the quantum world works, that we discovered that, yes, everything down at its very smallest, minute, foundational levels of the quantum world is actually vibration and it's constantly moving and everything that emerges into actual particle uh, physics actually comes from a field of vibration. So that one right there actually gave the most credence of all of these philosophies to me. That one I was like, wow, they knew that thousands of years ago and we're just now rediscovering it. So where else does this go? So the next one, uh, principle of polarity, everything has poles, everything has its corresponding opposites. Number four or number five, the principle of rhythm that the swing to the left is equal to the swing to the right. Uh, The principle of cause and effect, nothing happens by chance. Every cause has an effect and every effect has its cause. And the principle of gender, that everything in nature has its masculine and feminine properties. Now, the law of attraction is one that's become a little bit more popular in the last few decades through some of the biggest people in the fields of self-development, like people um, particularly like Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, one of my favorites, a uh, new and up-and-comer, uh, Dr. Teresa Bullard. All of them have studied these philosophies in depth and find correlations with the hypothesis that they do actually have some bearing on how our lives unfold, which is amazing. And these these laws, the law of attraction particularly, or LOA, um, is one of the most closely related laws to the actual sort of buzzword of manifestation. Now, they say that that manifestation is sort of becoming like a new art form because people are trying to figure out how they can actually attract and bring things into their life if there is some credence to it. And people, I guess, sort of start to master it. They're becoming skilled at that craft. Um, but just like any art form, some of us just might not be good at it. You know, some of us might just be good at doing finger painting that doesn't look like anything. And some people can make masterpieces, to be honest. Um, and, and some of us just might not be good at it at all. And of course, when, when we're good at something, we just tend to sharpen our skills and we get even better. And we watch those people just excel in life. They, you know, they may, they are just master manifestors. And when they want something and they focus on it and they do it in the correct way, they follow the recipe and they get what they want. And those of us who have that ability, we have these things show up in our lives that match exactly what we set out on, what we set clear and focused intent on. And the thing that we we really focus our attention and intention on, and we move on those things with, with just a fire and a purpose and boom, they show up. That That's the recipe, that's how they say it gets done. And really that is how it gets done. I've been someone who's done it on the negative side where I focused on the negative things and I've seen more of it come up. And then I've shifted my mindset to something completely different and I've seen those things show up as well. You know, there's some of us that no matter how how much advice we get, how much we've seen other people do it, we can't seem to manifest anything beneficial in our lives to save our lives. And like I said, it's like following a recipe. Um, But let's be honest, some of us can't bake that cake to save our lives. And, you know, or at least we can bake the cake, but it ends up coming out like an inedible brick that nobody wants. And sometimes our lives turn into exactly that. You know, but when this stuff works, and it works well, we don't really ask questions. You know, when when it doesn't work, we want to know what we're doing wrong. And then 
when that happens, I guess good or bad, we see the direct results, we want more of it. If it's not going good, we want to know what we're doing wrong. So we turn toward the more philosophical side of life. We turn toward teachers, we turn toward text and books, and we ask the questions that tend to give us sort of a picture of what's going right and what's going wrong. Some of us have to surrender to the fact that maybe we are just fated to have bad things happen. You know, I guess that's sort of the mindset that we sometimes get wrongly, in my opinion. Or some of us just sort of peg ourselves as having bad luck. How many times have we heard certain people say when something bad happens, oh, it's just my luck? Um, or when they predict that something's going to happen, well, knowing my luck, blah, 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 this thing's not going to happen for me. And you know, maybe sometimes we blame karma when those things don't go right, or we blame a higher power. We shake our fists at the sky when things don't go our way. I'm famous for that one. Um, but some people, they they don't believe that some sort of force outside of ourselves creates these circumstances, that things are deterministic and they happen based on laws like cause and effect, and that ultimately those things bring about certain things in our lives based on how these laws specifically work. And in episode 55, um, I also talked about the universal laws, which are a little bit more of a modern take on the hermetic principles, with many of them being similar or somewhat, I guess, repeating in my opinion, um, but it's still food for thought. You know, unlike the other philosophical texts, which I even consider religious texts to be philosophical texts like the Bible, like like the Dead Sea Scrolls, like the Emerald Tablets, like the Sefer Yisrael, you know, the Kabbalah, um, the Quran. They're they're all philosophical texts if you really think about it. Because um, think about what that word philosophy actually means. You know, I, I've come to think of them all to be one and the same. Really, they're not any different than each other. What is a philosophy? A philosophy is a belief. What is a belief? A faith. What is a faith? A religion. What's a religion? A philosophy. You know, it all comes back. It's all come. It all comes full circle. They're all the same. Call them anything that you want to call them, but ultimately, nobody knows for sure. It's a belief. It's it's something that we actually believe in, but it's different than something that can actually be called fact. People want to place authority on these things. They want to place authority on the people who teach these things, a priest, a rabbi, a guru. None of them actually know for sure they weren't there when those books were written. Um, and, and it's not like any, uh, it's not unlike any vacuum salesman, you know, in my opinion. All vacuums suck and some suck more than others. For some people uh, to compare and say that theirs is the best is purely subjective, you know, and and even if they say they're closest to the best, it doesn't mean that that something better someday isn't going to come along as engineers get more advanced in the products and, and everything else. And the same thing goes with religion, really. Just, just because one of them might have had the philosophies contained within them as really as close to the the highest level of understanding that we could have had at the time that maybe those texts were written and as close to source, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, the way that it operates, maybe they had it as close as they could have at the time. It doesn't mean it's the end all be all and that's just where things stop. And no one should try to understand it deeper than that because this is just as deep as it goes. You know, game over, here's the book, I'm the expert, you should listen to me and not question my expertise. Don't you see sort of my, my diploma? Don't you see my robe? Don't you see my title? I mean, 
I'm the expert on the subject and there is no need to question it. And I feel like that's sort of the way that it has been for so long. You know, it's really like saying the vacuums from the 70s are the top of the game and no one should have ever tried to make a better one. Well, like all vacuums, religions have their flaws and they have room for improvement. And in my opinion, they all suck themselves in some way and we should strive to continuously question faith and advance our understanding of the universe and our relation to it throughout the course of our lives and through generations. And I think these beliefs and everything should continue to evolve. We should continue to try to interpret them in different ways that is more deeply connective for us individually as the person and has those, have those things evolve. Like the 12 universal laws are an expansion of the seven hermetic principles. Um, and, and that's where I was going on that tangent when I started off there. But you know, you should try to strive to have the best understanding of them all. And when I came across uh, the the 12 universal laws, I, I felt like it was literally just a little bit of an expansion on the seven hermetic principles. And it didn't really give me anything that was sort of like groundbreaking. I really didn't feel like it was anything that was something that I hadn't heard before, you know. I came across, I, I recently restudied them. And most recently, the sort of lost principle and lost philosophy of the seven hermetic principles popped up. And I dove into it a little bit more deeply, and it just really resonated with me quite a bit. So I dove into it quite a bit. And over the course of the last few months, as busy as I've been, this is something I've just been totally taking notes on and studying quite a bit. And I found it very fascinating. So I knew as soon as I had the chance that I could dive in pretty deep into an episode, this is the one I wanted to talk about. Um, but I found out very little about it. There was very few people that were actually talking about it. So I dove in as deep as I could. Now, this eighth principle of the hermetic foundations of understanding the universe is called the generative principle. And that's what we're going to jump off in today's episode. But before we go any further, I want to ask, what are you doing right now with your life? In this moment, right now, what is your ultimate focus in life? It's probably this podcast since you're tuned in. So wherever you're listening, give the show a like, a follow, subscribe, and please leave a comment or review if you're listening on an app. Our listeners sharing the show is what got us moving to the top of the charts in some of the areas in over 100 countries in the past couple of years. So help us stand out in the ever-growing sea of podcasts, which is now close to 2 million podcasts and help us reach the hearts and minds of more people and help them discover more about themselves and the world around them to truly live this life. If you haven't tried some of Organifi's products, you are absolutely missing out on some of the highest quality supplements on the planet. I'm someone who doesn't allow anything into my body that I'm not 100% sure of its purity, and this company goes above and beyond to certify the quality of their products many times over. My day starts and ends with Organifi, and I've literally never felt more amazing. In the morning, I use the Organifi green juice in combination with the complete chocolate protein powder after my demanding tough morning workout. I mix it in with some vanilla almond milk, maybe some kale or some banana, and the energy that flows from that is something I've never felt before. And at the end of a long day, I settle down with some of the gold chocolate with a little almond milk and some coconut oil for a hot drink that helps my beat up body and mind recover and get the rest that it needs to keep up with my demanding schedule. I literally do not know what I would do without this company, 
Go check out their amazing product line at OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com. And if you find something you want to check out, use the coupon code LiveThisLife to save 15% off of your purchase. So the eighth hermetic principle or lost philosophy is one I recently discovered and have been looking more into over the last few months. And it resonated with me so much because of of several reasons, actually. Um, And I'll go into them. So as I dove into the hermetic principles, I found them a bit more fundamental and foundational than the universal laws. I found the universal laws to be very um, new agey, very, very highly marketed for some reason. And it turned me off a little bit, to be honest. And the way that some of the people kind of of, of taught them. And like I said, I found them a little bit repetitive as well. I found the hermetic principles to just be, I guess, more rooted, more historical. And the fact that they were originating so long ago and had some like serious scientific backing to them is what really intrigued me. And, you know, I guess the way the universal laws threw in the the law of attraction, which is is a rabbit hole that led me down to this point. So I have to look at it in a good positive way. Movies like The Secret really exploited, I think, the law of attraction. And a lot of books and movies and speakers have made that very, very highly marketable. So I think, I guess that maybe is what turned me off. I guess, you know, it brought like a level of sexiness to it. It was attractive in and of itself. And the notion that there was some sort of of law of the universe like gravity that says we attract what we think about and what we focus on. And, And I can see why everybody would want to follow along with it. But something was always just kind of missing, I guess, from the hermetic principles. And at least it seemed like once the 12 universal laws were there and made it popular, maybe some of those holes were sort of filling in. Um, you know, but I guess the, the concept of this left out principle is one that really ties what I felt maybe the 12 universal laws was trying to add into the Sevic Hermetic principles. And I feel like this lost eighth principle that I guess originally was a part of the seven hermetic laws. I feel like that fills in that gap. I hope that makes sense. The eighth principle is said to be the generative principle. So generative, genesis, comes from the Latin word generare, to generate. It's, I guess, the principle that's said to bring all of the other principles together. It's the one that brings all of them into one sort of unity. Instead of each one of them standing on their own, this is the overarching shell of them all that ties them all together. It's the one that I've heard discussed. Actually, the person who I heard is basically the expert on this was Mark Pasayo. He explained them in depth, and he's just an amazing researcher on metaphysics and spirituality. I was a little bit standoffish when I first listened to some of his stuff because it went very occultish. And I think as he evolved and learned about some of the stuff, I think he was trying to prove that the, the occult stuff wasn't bad because that word is really made to to believe in stuff that's really not good. And although I don't go down that rabbit hole, really, I guess this guy turned into an anti-occultist or de-occultist. Like he was trying to show that a lot of the things that were sort of in that realm were um, made to seem bad because it was information they were trying to keep hidden from people to dumb them down, whatever reason it was. 
So he focused on sort of demystifying things and help bring them out and bring out their true informational nature rather than leaving it to the realm of mysticism and the woo-woo stuff. And religions, I've also found that they're based on a lot of these things as well. But then when you bring things up like this, they'll talk and bring it down that path of stuff that's that's occultish or Satanism or whatever. And I feel like it's like, a, no, 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 don't go that way. Come my way, you know, and you got to be careful. Like you don't want to go down too many different rabbit holes because you never know where some of these things do lead. There's a lot of strange stuff out there. Um but basically, he brought it up the best, and he he took one of the famous symbols, which was the seed of life, as a geometric symbol, and it's basically a bunch of circles that make up a geometric design of interconnected shapes, which is also a pattern that's found very often in nature, which I also found amazing. It can actually be found at one foundational stage in human embryonic development. So if you were to put a picture of the cell division after a, a human egg is fertilized and you put it in 2D, that's what the seed of life actually looks like. But the seven circles that make up this seed of life pattern were referred to as the, basically it was where the seven hermetic principles fit in as well. So if that was the case, case, the eighth principle would be the circle that encompassed all of those seven circles. It would basically be the outer shell of the seed of life. And if you know anything about a seed, the shell must stay intact. That shell is what feeds the cells inside the seed that ultimately those cells within that shell start to grow and multiply. And the shell is what provides the, the, the basic foundation of that seed to be able to germinate. Without that shell, the seed will never actually grow. Well, the eighth hermetic principle, the, the lost principle, is the same exact thing. The inside is where all the creative material is. If the shell is gone, the seed will not thrive. The eighth principle is the paramount causal factor that generates all those things that we want, all of those things that could pop up from those seven hermetic principles. And the principle is actually care. The generative principle is care. What is it that we care about, that we give our attention to, that we give our energy to? We hear that catchphrase over and over where attention goes, energy flows. Well, what do you care about in your world? What is it that you give enough care to that makes you focus on it on a regular basis? And therefore, it manifests itself in real life, in real profound ways in your life. That goes in good and bad ways too, which is just another reason why this brings out this this whole concept out of the realm of of these woo woo things which is where a lot of religious figures figures like to categorize this stuff right from the gate because when you realize that there is this tremendous power in your own hands through your own awareness that brings things into your life not some sort of outside source that gives you uh, you know gifts to you if you're worthy and you prove yourself and you're a good little follower but this will work for you in your own way and it's in your own power but this will also work against you in the same exact way it will work in negative ways because your focus is exactly what's going to continue to build momentum in your life and i just had to bring this to the attention of someone that i know personally um, that has an absolutely horrible job and they're in a horrible place, full of negativity, really unkind people, and they're having a really hard time, and I'm, I'm trying to do what I can to help them with it. And they are there day after day, 
and I brought up this subject, you know, and while they're looking for something else, obviously trying to get out of there, um, negative things continue to happen on a daily basis. And it's basically the entirety of their experience there. But the one thing that this person does is literally focus on it all the time. Every time we chat, every time they get the chance to talk to anyone, they talk about this thing. So, you know, what you give your your entire life to, this negative thing that you're at 40 plus hours a week, it's dominating your life. That's a huge chunk of your life. But then when you're not there, you're still circulating this negative stuff in your world because you talk about it even when you're not there. So that's where your attention goes, that care is where all of your focus is going. You're caring enough to continue talking about it even when you're not there. If your care was focused into trying to get out of there, if your care was focused on trying to figure out what it was that you wanted to do, that's where your energy would go and therefore maybe you get out of there faster and I've tried to bring that up. And that's what's going to continue to manifest because that is what you're giving your care and attention towards. So instead of finding that way out, you talk about how much you hate it and how you can't find a way out. And then therefore, you're just constantly beating that drum and you end up staying focused there. And I bet if you take that pie chart of your life for your whole week, like you you pie chart your whole life out. I've, I've said this before on the show and I tell a lot of people that I do life coaching with in the first few weeks that if you make a simple pie chart of how you spend your time, I bet there is far more quote unquote spare time outside of the 40 hours that people are shocked that they spend it that way. And when they make the adjustments, they see how their life shifts in completely different ways. And I bet you this particular person in their quote unquote spare time outside of their 40 hour pie slice that they spend out of their entire potential living space out of a week, I guarantee you that they spend a majority of the time complaining about that job than either A, trying to find a new one, or B, trying to maybe create one through some sort of entrepreneurial venture. What you give your time and attention to, what you care about, what garden you water is what's going to propagate. You know, if you pull the weeds from that garden, it's going to be the one that bears the best fruit, right? Um, Your care is a generative force. That is why the supposed eighth principle is referred to as the generative principle. It is the place where all the other seven hermetic laws have to come from. It's where they work from. Because without that generation, without that care, your focus wouldn't be there. Care, C-A-R-E, conscious awareness restores the eyes. The eyes that you view your world through, what you give your attention to, the eyes that you restore, the eyes that you get clear vision with, the conscious awareness restoring the eyes is what will generate in your world. That's what you're going to observe. That is what you care enough about and what you're going to dedicate your time to and therefore build momentum toward. Remember, good or bad. I can speak to that from my own recent examples. I spent a lot of time on work lately. Um, One of the three jobs that I have that I'm currently involved in, I spent a lot of time on the bread and butter one, obviously. It's been very demanding. But that's the one that pays the bills, ultimately. Um, None of this stuff that I have that I'm trying to build a podcast up for would exist without that. So um, I have to give that a a ton of time and attention. And the second one um, took up a ton of time as well. And the podcast was left on the back burner. And ultimately, people who follow the show, you've seen that lately. There's only been a few episodes out in the last few months. Um, 
so here I am doing an episode every two weeks, which is totally against everything I said I was going to do. Um, it's supposed to be like one a week or one every four days or so. And I didn't like those results. So what did I do? I reevaluated. I, I took stock. I created my own pie chart. I took my own advice and I said, okay, this slice needs to be much smaller so this slice can get a little bit bigger. I, I got to make this one a little bit smaller too so I can fit in more personal time, family time, uh, increase live this lifetime a little bit more. And that's what happened. So, and now it's literally just as short and sweet as that. And I've made these adjustments and things are moving in a direction that I'm more comfortable with again. It's nothing that complicated, but yet we dance around it so much. Like it's something that we just can't understand why our lives won't change, why our lives won't shift in the direction that we want it to shift in. But ultimately, it's us that's in the driver's seat. And that's hard for us to accept, especially when we've been screwing up royally. It's ultimately our fault a majority of the time. Sometimes we hit hard, hard circumstances, stuff we didn't necessarily manifest or magnetize to ourselves. But like I said, sometimes trees just get disease that floats on them. It's not something that the tree purposely wanted to have happen to it. And some of our lives do go in that direction. But a lot of the times it's not, and it's hard for us to accept that. So, you know, what we spend our time on, what we give our attention to is what's going to generate. It's as simple as that. Lesson over, episode done. Um, no, but, not, but really, it is just that simple. What we care about changes the direction of our consciousness and what we are aware of, and therefore what we take action upon. And a lot of people, when you ask them, what is the foundational principle that gets all of your manifestation, manifestations in life into your reality, what, what brings about those tangible results. Most people who've been studying this stuff will answer something like vibration, you know, or, or the word action. Like, yes, you have to take action to make things happen. Yes, both of those things are important. Both are laws of the universe. Things that are matching vibration are likened to themselves. Um, you know, action, it's part of a word reaction, like cause and effect. But those are not foundational. The level that lies right below all of them as the foundation is this generative one of caring about something enough to have that vibration, caring enough about something to take that action, caring enough to even have it in your awareness so you can focus on it. Now, what we care about is the driving force of our thoughts and our actions. A lot of people in the new age circles will will tell you equally that you know avoidance of something it will make it uh, will will not make it manifest if you ignore it it won't be there don't pay attention to the bad things in the world because you're giving that your energy if you didn't pay attention to the pandemic it, it didn't exist you know right like so basically that's what that's what that says you know if you don't pay attention to the wars in the world they won't be there it's going to make them go away I, I don't subscribe to that i feel like that's just a, an unrealistic woo woo thing that they discredits a lot of what these things sort of mesh into together sometimes um you know, I guess to a certain extent, maybe it's true. If you didn't stay glued to mainstream propaganda media and you weren't terrified of the coronavirus and you just tried to keep living life and pretend it didn't exist, then, you know, I guess obviously that didn't work. But if you tried to, uh, you know, I guess if you try to ignore the massive corruption that's been exposed over the last few years in politics or the nasty things that the elites in Hollywood are involved in and some of the really horrible stuff that, that just is out there in the world, it doesn't make those things go away. Ignoring it all 
is ignorance, ignoring ignorance. Just by putting your hands up and saying like, nope, I don't see it, it doesn't exist, doesn't mean it's gonna go away anytime soon. But all of our time and attention, if we give all of our time and attention toward those things, if we're just focused on them all of the time, it goes in the wrong direction as well. It can lower us right down into a place that's not healthy either. So just not caring doesn't make it disappear from reality. So get that straight. It's just a misconception that sometimes a whole different leg of these kind of motivational, self-help, um, inspirational type things will bring people in a direction that I feel is just completely faulty. As much as some of the schools of thought might want you to feel that way, I really feel like that's just sticking your head in the sand of ignorance. Ultimately, if you see things in this world that you don't like, care enough to know about them and develop knowledge about them and try and find solutions to those problems. Those are the change makers in the world. Care enough to figure out a solution to those problems, to those things you don't like. Be an advocate, be a part of a cause, you know, run for politics. You know, if it's on a local level, do something that is for the thing you want, you know, do something is for that thing or for the opposite. Um, you know, that's that's actually a page from Mother Teresa's book, uh, her school of thought. She would not protest against war. She would not go to an anti-war protest. I think it was a Vietnam protest that people would ask her for. And she was famously quoted for, no, no, I won't do that. But if you have a protest for peace, I'll be there. She didn't want to protest for the war because that was giving the attention to the war. So be aware enough for something to care about it and turn the tide against it by being able to be aware of it and taking action for something that is the opposite. And care enough to be aware of how to do something about those things rather than just ignoring it. It all comes down to the concept and the principle that I've heard of unity consciousness where our thoughts and our emotions and our actions come together to manifest in our reality. The same thing mend your care, your knowledge, your action, and you based on those things. It's a very, very similar trinity in a very similar school of thought. Since care equals everything, it generates everything. It's the generative principle. I hope this one inspires you to dig a little deeper into all these hermetic principles and you know, maybe find a text with some real experts on this subject. Remember, I'm a student of all this stuff. I'm just someone who's been diving in for the past close to a decade and just has a passion for these things. And these things that I do I, the, with the podcast and, and the types of things that I go on uh, and talk about on Clubhouse and everything, I want people to discover these for themselves because it really does give life a whole new avenue of adventure and potential. And, and meaning and, and possibility. And once I discovered some of these things for myself, it just made life so much more interesting. And once I found that some of these things, these, these philosophies actually started to work to turn my life around at some of its lowest points, it was just something that I thought, why doesn't everybody know these things? You know, any philosophy in and of itself is just amazing. You know, just, just the questions of what if. What if all of these things that they're talking about, what if some of the things that are even on the farthest outskirts of possibility that sound far out there, what if those things actually could be true? The what ifs in life are just some of the most amazing things that just make you ponder what could life actually be all about. And 
what if, what if it's all in our hands to release some of the pressures of our life and bring about the things that we really want? What if all those pressures could actually be alleviated by changing our mindset? So speaking of pressures of life, that leads me into the song that I'm gonna head out on on this one. This one's from Eula. This is actually one of his newest tracks. This one just got released a few weeks ago. This one is called Pressure. I hope you found this episode interesting and fascinating, and I hope you take some time to dedicate that care in your life and focus on what it is you care about and things that you care about so you can have more of those things show up in your life. We'll see you next time. I'm feeling the pressure I'm feeling